We're back. Episode four. <laughs> She's like, we really, are you going to say anything else? <laughs> we really need um, some music. I know. I'll have, to, I'll have to get my girl Morgan on it. See, see what the status is. She's supposed to be working on something. So we'll see. All right, you guys. We have a packed full episode of awesomeness. <laughs> <laughs> Coming at you guys for episode four. So we're going to go ahead and get right to it. Um, Aloe, is there anything you want to add before we jump right in? No, I think that this is an episode that many people probably didn't think they needed in their life, but I feel like it's going to strike a chord uh, for everyone. And without further ado, we'll just jump right in. Woo! Okay, everybody, we have Sydney Singer with us today, who I am very biased to say is one of the most amazing people on the planet because she's my aunt. It's no big deal. Um, but that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> uh, we I'm brought not. Sydney on. I mean, we could totally talk about that if you guys want. <laughs> she's like, I was there when punch was invented. Oh, <laughs> oh I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but we are bringing her on today because she has a very interesting, um, job. I think, I mean, I almost feel like it's a hobby for you more so than just like a career, right? Oh, I think it's, thankfully, I I enjoy it so much. I, I would do it for, for, I can't want to say fun, uh, but (laughs) fulfillment, you know? Uh, Sure, sure. So she is a death doula. I am a death doula. Uh, Some people call them uh, end of life doulas. Uh, You know, they're they're go by a a lot of uh, a lot of titles, but ultimately, death doula is probably the most uh, universally accepted uh, term. And I guess I before even telling you what it is I do, uh, I I guess I wanted to know from each of you what when you hear the term death doula, like what comes to mind? Because I think that for a lot of people, it's kind of mysterious and a little bit uh, of an unknown or squeamish thought like death. And I don't know if you know what doula means, but usually a doula uh, typically was thought to be somebody who helps with birthing. And to combine that with death, some people are a little bit like, what does, what does that mean? So just out of curiosity, I'm curious what you and Aloe. Uh, no, I love that. I, love I do that too. <laughs> I, I, especially because, um, you know, being holistic and being into all the spiritual stuff that I'm into, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to get a death or a death doula. I mean, probably. I'll probably end up doing that too. But I've always wanted to have a birth doula for, um, you know, when I do have kids. Mm-hmm. And I just think that it's a really natural way and, and just to like tap into centuries of, you know, like I know that birthing doulas, I know that they've been around for centuries. So I just think that it's like something that's been passed down, word of mouth, some kind of tradition. And I think that it is something that we as, you know, an Eastern society might not necessarily, uh, everyone yeah. might not even know what it what a doula right, is, period. Right, we're not all accustomed to that term in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel you? like, yeah, I feel like when you first told me that you were a death doula, 
um, I was able to kind of connect some dots before you told me a little bit about what it was just because I'm, I'm already familiar with that term doula. So I imagine somebody that aids in the process of um, passing, but how I, I wasn't really sure. Um, but when you first say death doula to me, I definitely think like, a witch with a cape and a cauldron that's like summoning um <laughs> like what's the name of that classic figure the grim reaper the grim reaper <laughs> uh, oh. it's like bringing the grim reaper about which i knew wasn't the case but like when you first said it to me like that's what i thought yeah it sounds a little a little macabre and i i will say mm-hmm. that it's not something you really talk about at a cocktail party because people kind of look at you strangely and you know it's something i i'm passionate about uh, thinking like death positive, because I, it, one of the things that is inevitable is we're all going to die. None of us are immortal. It is a fact of life. Not all of us will give birth, but all of us will die. That's a fact. That is true. Um, yeah. So can't to, escape to it. have a more, I'm sorry, say that again. I just said you can't escape it. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. Um, but you can avoid it. You can't avoid thinking about it and talking about it and discussing it. And I think all of those things are, 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 a uh, leave people a little feeling creepy as opposed to empowered. And I think that's what really <clears throat> kind of drew me to the idea of, of doing more than just volunteering with people who were dying, but to take an active role in that journey with them. And, you know, you said something interesting, Punch, which was like, in what way? Like, well, how do you how do you assist them? How are you there for them? Mm-hmm. And to be honest, there is no right or wrong way. There are so many different ways to die. Like, I don't mean to, to die like heart attack or whatever. I mean, once you- <laughs> Like final destination you know status. how you want to die, like a good death. What is a good death? And that's different to everybody. I mean, to some people, a good death would be, you know, having tried all the medical procedures they could possibly have tried and- you know, they die in their sleep and they don't even know they're dying and they don't have to deal with any of the, the recourses yes, what that involves. Yeah, same. Uh, that that's sounds how better I to me. Go. <laughs> Sleeping or like, yeah, like my second choice would probably be like skydiving or something and like going up too high and like passing out, like blacking out in air and then just like dying on impact. Statistically, it's very unlikely that's going to happen to most of us. No, but like, you know, most of us are going to die of frailty in our old age. Just because medicine is what it is now, didn't used to be that way, obviously, back in the pioneer days and, you know, centuries ago. But most of us will die in our old age of frailty. Uh, But there are people who are going to, you know, get diseases or, you know, terminal diagnoses or die suddenly. Sometimes within a matter of hours or days after getting injured. Um, Right. I'd also like to just interject really quick. And I feel like on the last episode, we we kept stating we're not doctors and we're still not doctors, but Sydney is a licensed licensed PA, um, physician's assistant. So she does have the authority to speak. What? No apostrophe S. It's just physician Physician assistant. Yeah. Well, you learn something new every day. I'm saying. <laughs> but she, she does have the authority. Yeah. She has the authority to speak on medical issues in a way that Aloe and I do not. So disclaimer. Well, and let me ask you, Sydney, you yeah. had just said like for centuries. So how long have death doulas been doing this? Like, is this something that does go back thousands of years? Okay. Well, I think that in, in Western society, like with us, 
it's something that's kind of been around, but probably not really titled or labeled. There have probably been like people who would be re regarded as uh, like medicine women or, uh, you know, a, a nurse who would sit bedside with people who are dying. And we call it the 11th hour. And that is when someone's breathing is very heavy, their, their temperature is changing. I mean, there are physiological signs of when death is within hours or minutes away. Um, and oh, wow. so there are people who, who used to sit with people who were dying. And back in the day, um, before any of us ever, you know, were here, or our grandparents, maybe our great great grandparents, um, that was normal to die at home, and that's it would be unthought of to die anywhere but home. You know, yeah, like you're a pioneer and you died out, you know, in the field, you know, whatever. That's so interesting. I've never actually imagined dying in my own home, other than the yeah. one scenario of dying in your sleep. I think that, I think that we got we got away from uh, from that historically when uh, embalming came around and it started dying and the the business of death became big business and now it is is astronomically corporate and bureaucratic and it is just it's so expensive to die if you're going to die in the traditional way that, that our last few generations have looked at dying like with a funeral home and you know yada 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 just leave it to us, us, us Americans, to actually monetize death. I mean, come on. Really it's the only commodity that will never, ever go away. Yeah. That's so true. I, I think that um, our generation, I can even say that for myself, but even especially you guys, you know, I'm obviously quite a bit older than you, but with no, you're you not guys, that much older than us, Sid. But you're thinking outside the box. <laughs> and I am, I am. I won't look to be your mom. Don't, get, don't talk to me. Like you're, a, you're a young and sprightly woman. A sprightly version. Um, but no, I think that it's good that you guys are even talking about this in a death positive way. Because one of the things Al asked is how like holistically can you come, come to this topic? How do you come around to talking about this? Mm -hmm. And I think the first step is talking about it. Because most people don't want to talk about death. No, and you're right. That it's it's inevitable. Um, so one of the things I like to talk about with my patients, and I've been called by family members uh, who who need help with their maybe their parent or their sibling who's dying, and the family needs more doula support than the patient because the patient is maybe delirious or you know on literally on the last hours of of life, but the family's having mm. a hard time navigating how do I do this with the funeral home? And do we want to take the body home. Can we do that? And, you know, the fact that they're even asking these questions, you know, my, uh, my husband always laughs and cause I'll get phone calls or emails in the middle of the night. I'll say, wow, I know this is your job, but you're kind of doing this free. I'm like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it for free sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I'm working for someone for months, we'll work out a contract and depend, you know, depending on how involved I am. But uh, when it just comes to giving advice and helping people navigate, you know, especially in emergent situations, there's, I wouldn't think twice about not helping them. Uh, so, yeah. That's why I get it from, Allo. <laughs> I love it. Well, and it just shows that like you actually really care and, and like you're taking something that yes, you're making money off of, but at the same time, you're actually really helping people. And you're, like you said, you're sometimes dealing with the, the family members more so than the actual person who is passing. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that that speaks volumes because, you know, the person who's passing it probably, you know, I, it, it always just brings me back to that quote, like, you know, 
death is easy and life is hard. And the people that are continuing to live, like they're the ones that are going to now have to grieve and deal with this. And do you sometimes work with these families even after the, the patient has passed? Yeah, in a bereavement way. And I'm not a bereavement counselor, but you know, what I think one of the the biggest things that I do is I put people in contact with resources to help them, whether it's a bereavement counselor, uh, whether it's uh, a, you know, I mean, God, it runs the gamut because I've, I've actually had patients who've um, had miscarriages in the ER and called me and were like, you know, how do I do this, that, or the other? And I look up what mm. state they're from. Cause sometimes it's not in my state. They're calling me cause I'm on a couple of different websites. Uh, and you really try to help them navigate whatever it is that comes up. What was your question? <laughs> Cause I'm not answering. <laughs> oh, just that if you sometimes, like sometimes do you help them even after, so you have a contract. Oh with, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Connecting them with resources. Um, yeah. I think that that's probably one of the harder things. And I think that's why it's important for most people. Uh, and if I guess I had to be a PSA in any way, it would be to say, think about it. Even before you get diagnosed with, you know, something terminal, think about it because you don't know what tomorrow holds. I mean, if, if anything has taught us, you know, COVID has taught us anything is tomorrow is not guaranteed. And, you know, uh, I think to know how you want to go, whether it's you want to be buried, whether you want to be cremated, whether you want a natural, you know, burial versus a green burial versus a traditional burial or a burial at all. Um, I want to be turned into a tree. You do? Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. would like to be a diamond that one of my not children cherishes forever on their neck. Um, on dead. their neck? Really? <laughs> Wherever they feel that. they want to wear me and let me shine. <laughs> Wow, you can do that though. And I mean, maybe if I have like a niece or nephew or like a stepkid, like they can have my stone. Or like one of my kids, you know. Yeah, people you want that. Tell people that that's what you want. I just did. Um, (laughs) Lovers out there, you know, I want to be a rhinestone. Did your family know you want to be a tree, Aloe? Uh, yeah. I mean, I told my dad and my dad just laughed at me. He's like, you're ridiculous. But at the same time, it's like, I need to tell like someone younger than me. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) So yeah, I I know. I'll write that down. I'll tell, I'll tell the world. But I I think what Sydney's saying is, is so true because so many people don't want to talk about it. They don't want to have these conversations. And my dad, like a few years ago, gave me his will and he made me the executor. And he's like, this is on you now. It's all done. It's all taken care of. He's like, I planned out my whole funeral. Everything's in there. I'm like, okay, this is really morbid. But it took me like a hot minute to like actually realize like, oh, wow, like we're we're at that age. Like I'm in my mid thirties and, you know, like my dad's still young. He's, you know, in his mid fifties, but at the same time, like, like you said, life is not guaranteed guaranteed. And he wanted to make sure after, you know, his, both his parents passed, he wanted to make sure that we didn't go through what he went through. Absolutely. Good for your dad. But, you know, I think that's the hardest thing for families. And when you said, you know, are they, are you, are you involved after? And it's almost like you're a death party planner in some ways. I, I feel like, <laughs> you know, there's, I'm making so many phone calls and doing this and that, but people are uncomfortable with things and I'm not. Uh, so I'm happy to do it. But the more they have organized beforehand and I even just writing down um, like for instance if someone had an accident a uh, car accident let's just say god forbid knock on wood um, 
And you know, how much life support did, would they want? And how long would they want to be alive? And who do they want present? Uh, mm. If they get to die at home, what, what, what people do they want there? What kind of music do they want playing? What, um, what kind of smells do they want? Some people want flowers, tons of flowers. Some people want the, the smell of baked goods around. They love the smell of this or that. And you would be amazed. That'll at- be aloe. Dude, I was just thinking I want everyone to take a shot of tequila as they walk in and I want like Lil Kim playing. <laughs> that's, that's great. I think that's that's exactly what you need to, you know, write down and make sure everybody knows that because that is really what draws people in and makes them a part of of your journey. And you know, transitioning is a big part of your journey and it's as big as as and important as being born. There's an intimacy. And I think that in our Western civilization, uh, we've lost that, that intimacy and the being involved. Uh, you know, it wasn't, uh, not a second thought was, was, uh, was given when communities would get together and you would have a body laid out in a parlor for like three or four days while people came in and did visitation and mourning because that's just the way it was and then you'd bury them in the backyard. You know, and it always smells like lilies. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I well, love lilies. They're my favorite flower. Yeah, but yeah. they remind me of funeral homes. <laughs> mm, yeah. I haven't hung out. I haven't hung out in many funeral homes, to be honest. So Ugh, yeah, I know there are a lot of lilies involved. Um, but that's, <laughs> that's, I think that's another thing is people don't know what options there are. You don't have to be laid out in, the, in a funeral home and embalming is, you know, very harsh. It's terrible for the environment. Um, but I think that's the hardest thing for me is trying not to impose myself into someone else's plan. Yeah. Uh, because part of being a dual is really, uh, no judgments and they call it, um, a beginner's mind. And I love that. The idea is that you go in with no preconceived notions of what you want to get done for this person, what you want for this person. You, you are there for them. You're there to hold space for them and to be their witness and to whatever it is they need as much or as little. Um, so it's hard because I'm also an advocate for, uh, you know, green death and uh, positive whatever, but some people don't even want the word death used when the doula is around or so- Let me ask you, uh, just for, you know, our listeners, because we have so many now, uh, I'm just kidding, (laughs) but no, we've gotten like 300 downloads, you guys. I know. That's great. Rate, review, subscribe, and share. (laughs) Yes, please. Especially this. (laughs) But like for anyone who is listening, what is a green death? I mean, I know. Yeah, you've mentioned that. Yeah, I know a few different versions of it, but I'm curious as to, you know, hear the official definition and, well, you know. I know nothing. Yeah. I'm an ignorant. <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's natural and there's green. And, you know, uh, some people, you know, think of, uh, like it's funny you say you wanted to be a tree aloe because there are so many people who are, are selling the idea of um, burying ashes under a tree and that those ashes are going to somehow nurture the tree. But to be honest, once someone is cremated, there's not a lot of nutrients in those. It's, it's, it's just really, like carbon. Yeah, basically. And you know, they'll, they'll grind up whatever doesn't burn. And oh, Jesus, well, it's so bones. <laughs> See, I, eat, I eat your bones. You got to think about this in a, in a scientific <laughs> kind of way. So if you really did want to, it's important to you to nurture something where well, they have now, 
what is called like it's I can't remember the term it's just bad for me right now um like they liquefy the body and oh my gosh they like emulsify it yeah it's emulsified they let it i'm sit. just thinking of <gasps> dexter and big giant tubs yeah it of, sounds like, awful acid. doesn't it <laughs> it's a perfect crime uh, oh god <laughs> but the nutrients that's a job great. for somebody you guys yeah um, someone has to do it you can compost bodies mm-hmm. there are places hot, that you do that natural hot um, toddy um you know because i don't know if you've listened to our other episodes but hot toddy yeah. uh he uh, he used to transport. So he worked for like a funeral home, wow. I believe. And he would be the guy that they would call at like two o'clock in the morning and he'd have to go pick up the body and then bring it to the funeral home. I was like, oh my God. But he said that Hot he only did it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm dead. And he said that he could, he only did it for like six months because it just, it took a toll on him mentally. Like, you really? know, he like, just like what Sydney was saying, like these family members, like, you know, he'd arrive and he'd end up being like a bereaved counselor he'd end up like having to console them and like you know he's the he's the first on the scene and they're like distraught and here he is having to wheel out like their grandmother and like oh he said it was just too much so I just think it's very similar to what you were saying like you you become this this counselor in a way even though like you said like you're not a bereavement counselor yeah I think you have to be able to uh reserve your and uh just be there as a witness and to um you know be accepting that you know i i think the thing that makes me crazy is when people say to people at funeral how are you doing like Like, great i'm doing great i'm doing yeah seriously (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's sometimes saying nothing is more powerful than trying to offer wisdom because Oh yeah. To to imagine what these some of these people are going through is it's impossible, and everybody grieves differently. So you know, to just let let people know that they're not alone. Is Do you ever get super attached to the families? Like, has it has there been like one instance where it was really hard for you in particular? No, I mean that's not that's good. I'm not attached, or I don't care. Uh, But you keep it separate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's hard not to be moved and touched by it. And I don't ever want that to change. I don't want it to be, get, to get used to that. I, I don't but you don't want to be like robotic. Yeah. Um, I had a, a patient that, uh, what well, a patient, yeah, she was, she was alive when she called. Um, and she called me, it was a day in March. And I think that COVID had just gotten really, really bad. She called me from another state and she said, uh, I am dying. I've been dying for the last like nine months. I have pancreatic cancer. And uh, the one last thing I haven't done is really decided how I wanted, what I want done with my body. And my husband keeps saying, you got to decide, you got to decide. And she said, so I'm looking for someone to help me, but I don't know if I can do what I want to do. And I said, well, what is it you want to do? She said, I want to have my friends prepare my body. I want to sit in my, you know, be in my backyard, have people walk by. My daughter just got married during COVID and she had all the people standing in the, in the yard and they stood on the patio, exchanged their vows and people just were able to witness it from afar at a safe distance, share in that moment. And then they were able to leave. But I want to do that in my death. Can I do that? 
I said, of course you can. She's like, how do I do that? <laughs> and, uh, I said, okay, well, first of all, let's talk about where you are. And we ended up talking for like two and a half hours. Um, mm. She was just so funny and sweet and, and energetic about the fact that I was willing to listen to her and take notes on what she, everything she wanted. And she said, I'm not sure if my friends are going to want to help, but I, I have two, at least two friends who are totally willing to help. My husband thinks I'm crazy. My daughter is like, you know what? Let me know when it's over. I don't want anything to do with this. Mm. And I said, listen, I That's probably you. really common, I think. Yeah, people really Which don't know if they can do certain things. And they mm -hmm. almost are looking to not only find out if they can legally do it, but like logistically, how do they do it? And it turned out that um, I was waiting for her, e her email. And I sent her an email. I said, you know, this is, you know, how much is, you know, basically, if you want me to come out and do a tutorial with your friends on how to manage your body and how to do this and do And I sent her out this whole like thing. And Two days later, her friend emailed me and said, this is her friend that I was in the room when you were talking to her. I was making dinner for the family. I happened to be visiting and she took a turn for the worse the next day and she's uh. going to die in a matter of hours and I really need your help. And I said, we're going to zoom right now. We're going to talk about what it is you need, the supplies and this and that. And I'm driving to you. I'll be there tomorrow morning. And uh, I went there. I helped her body, her, her, uh, her family prepare her body and, you know, told them everything that they needed to do to, to get this done and uh, they, how to navigate with the, uh, the funeral home on, on um, transport of the body, which from state to state can, it has to be someone like your friend who is licensed to actually transport a body, um, especially if it's over 1-800 hot toddy. It's true for, for all of your body transport needs. Hey, um, you, leave, you leave my man alone. <laughs> Maybe and, uh, not all yeah. of them, just some it, of them. It, it, was, it was one of those things where when I was there, uh, to see the gratefulness that they had for someone who knew what to do, I was calm and they were very nervous. And it can be very, very disturbing uh experience if you don't know what to expect. And so I had told them everything of what to expect in this situation. And not only did two of her friends show up, five of her friends showed up. Her husband was hands-on, ready to roll. Her daughter was all up in it. And, uh, you know, they did a, a, a like a circle, I don't want to say a prayer because they weren't religious at all. Uh, but it was just like a, a group love moment. And they were like, oh, Sydney, no, you get in here. You get in here. We're all gonna. And um, it just, that is why I do this because if it wasn't for her, her family never would have thought to do this, but it was her dying wish. And it was, it was the best way they could serve her after death. So am I there for the family after death? Yes. In so many different ways than I never expected when I first decided to start doing this. That's beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. I know I almost just cried. I had to I know, choke, choke back the tears. <laughs> So I'm, I'm kind of interested to know, Sid, um, I know you've told me a little bit, but I'm going to pry it out of you, coax, okay. coax it out. Um, if there's anything that you've noticed, like any trends among people that are about to pass, like things that they would have wanted for their lives or wish they'd done or any advice that people who are about to go want to pass on to those of us that are kicking it. Well, I think there are probably, uh, a couple of examples of uh, when people are exploring 
when you ask them the question, how do you want to do this? You know, what, what are you finding having trouble with today? How are you doing today? And some, a lot of people get restless, mm. um, you know, just with the anxiousness knowing they can't do anything about it and they're just waiting, whether it's their family members or them or whatever. Um, and I'm a, um, I'm a Reiki master, which I don't advertise a lot. I used to be a massage therapist way back in the day. And that kind of came along um, in that period of time. So I do utilize that once in a while. But people who are pretty mainstream, like hardcore, uh, you know, orthodox, whatever, I mean, they can come from any realm of religion. When I would suggest more... Uh, alternative ways to deal with this, the emotional stress of what they're going through. They're like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's try that. Like, let's try a guided meditation or let's try those crystals. And I, I always love it. Try your crystals. There's a crystal for everything. It's true. And not just for I the know. chakras. Um, so you find a way to do Reiki on people who are bedridden and, um, you know, sometimes the family needs a little Reiki and, you know, uh, you can teach them also how to do relaxing reflexology or, and then get them like involved. And I think I try to get the family involved as much as I can, as much as they're willing to be involved. Uh, but, you know, especially ritualistically, um, I think I've been surprised at how many people have been open to, uh, foregoing what would be like a prayer or amazing grace moment which has its place um into a more like what poetry do you like to read or like Allah was saying you know little kim you know sometimes <laughs> sometimes just reading the lyrics of a bob seeger song you know will make people just so blissful um music is everything oh my god people love it when you play music music that they love um the the openness of even like my mom's generation which is you know in their 80s or so people who are open to aromatherapy and crystals i never would have pegged some people for being like yeah sure let's let's give that a go so um, let me ask you what crystal you would use i'm just very curious it depends so the crystals that i would use in in that situation where someone is having trouble, like feeling settled, I would use more grounding crystals. Yeah, I was just gonna um, say like- um, I was gonna say, sounds like you need some grounding stones. Wearing one now. Um, to, really, to really ground them. Uh, and there are others- Which one are you wearing right now? Obsidian. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Like a big chunk. I love uh, it. Just send us a picture one, of your obsidian. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, another one is uh, the, it's like a dragon bloodstone. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I have a huge one of those that actually fits in the palm of your hand. And I will put that in uh, a client's hand while I'm doing Reiki. Usually, uh, sometimes over their heart chakra. And sometimes I'm, you know, doing it over, over their, um, you know, over their third eye, depending on where they are. You yeah. really just have to be you kind of have to disconnect from your own life. Like you can't be thinking about your grocery list or the fact that you got to no, leave yeah. in an hour. I mean, you really have to be present. And um, I was just going to so, say as Reiki masters, you know, like you, you feel it. You just, your hands just go to the spot that they need it. Exactly. Exactly. So I kind of explore in that given moment, what's, what's going on. Uh, but a lot of people have trouble forgiving themselves for mistakes, um, for not focusing more on what's important 
throughout their life and realizing in the end that they either want to get forgiveness or to give forgiveness. Whatever it is they need at that moment, I think if you are tuned into that, you know whether they need a rose quartz in their hand or I, I have to say I use that dragon bloodstone all the time. I don't that makes that. sense. Yeah. I don't like to have the courage to move forward. Uh, finding that courage in yourself, whether it's internal or external or, you know, realized or unrealized. I think everybody needs a little bit of courage to let go and to oh. allow themselves that forgiveness. I definitely feel like I will. I'm going to have to book you, Sid. <laughs> you know, they they do a lot. There are a lot of death doulas in Colorado. I mean, that's that's one of the places where I've taken a lot of uh, like uh, they have uh, talking talking death over dinner. Uh, there are a lot of living funerals, like people who want to know what it's like to die. They'll uh, go through the whole process as if you are what? dying, so you can experience <laughs> what it's like. It's amazing. It's very fascinating interesting yeah but it's there's a lot of that in colorado because they actually have um i think i Allo, didn't you go to india or something didn't i hear i that? did yeah i so went for a month a month oh my gosh so you went to varanasi uh no actually i didn't you went to the ganges i remember you saying something about ganges yes first. i was up in rishikesh so that's at the base uh, of the himalayan mountains it's where yeah. the the ganges start so it's yep. crystal clear blue it's wow. not like it's not where all the dead bodies are <laughs> sid's been to a I lot of parts in, of india i was because in varanasi where the so that's are. i was gonna say that's where like the end of the river where the bodies end up yeah <laughs> the water is frightening and probably energized beyond what I could even imagine. Oh, so powerful. Microbiology brain. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was something else. It was something else. Uh, but yeah, it's one the of the energy. only places you can do that in this, in this culture is in Colorado. Between California and Colorado, you guys are a lot more progressive in accepting more, uh, like new age ways of passing. Yeah, I don't even want to say new age because I, oh, I feel like that just really depends on what city you're in. That's but, probably true. Yeah, I don't know, I just there are definitely a, very progressive parts of Colorado, that's for sure. Probably a lot more cremation out there than actual burials. I don't know. Do you ever see a lot of cemeteries? Not really, no. Yeah, no. good. Wait, so let me ask you, Sid, how would you, what, what do you want? done since yeah. you think about this all the time uh well facelift no i'm just kidding i mean when i die um yeah. Yeah. so i definitely you know i've had this conversation with my sister uh punch's mom uh yeah, i <laughs> also know how my mom wants to go too yeah she of. made it clear after i started doing all this she's like sure the girls know and i'm like yeah she, she let us know i was like that's weird mom thinks yeah, I needed to know that. Thanks. Uh, no, but um, I what I would like is I would like a natural burial. I want to uh, I want to be wrapped in a shroud. I want my my loved ones, my nieces and my sister, and uh, my, my husband or whoever uh, you know help prepare my body. I want to be wrapped in a shroud. Um, I'm okay if I don't go on display in my you know anywhere. I don't need to have yeah, that no. morning. but I want people to celebrate. I want everyone to have a party. Yes. And, you know, to have a lot of, you know, 
funkadelic music. I need some prints. I need some. Like, would you hand like a joint out at the door? Like, maybe I'll do like a shot of tequila and a joint. Yeah. I mean, there'll be there'll be weed. There'll be lots of wine. Yeah. Good wine. Yeah. Food. And decided for this burial, Sid. (laughs) (laughs) No burial. Don't bury me. Yeah. No, your natural burial but where do you put the shroud where do you put your body in the shroud like in the ground naturally or you can put it in a like you can even put it in a cardboard box i mean you know you know how much coffins cost it's oh my god like 50 grand it's ridiculous um no i i'm good with a cardboard box or a pine box i don't care just put me in that Um, now is that one in the other room i'll put it in storage so is that legal to just not like is it legal to not be put in a coffin like you can just be naturally buried I like that. There are rules, though, and laws about spreading ashes, correct? Yes and no. Uh, a lot of people don't enforce them terribly unless you're in a public place and disturbing, you know. Yes, there are rules. You're not supposed to do it in a public park or anything like that. A lot of people look the other way. Um, you're not like, yeah, supposed to put it in it. water, right, technically? No. You know, there are there are laws or rules or guidelines but they're very rarely enforced and no one would ever complain about it so what would you what would be some advice to give to people maybe like what do you think if if say they don't want to hire a death doula but like what are like three things that you think everybody should have before you know it comes time a living will and that 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 means basically Having people think of wills, they think of where do you want your money to go, and I don't mean that necessarily. A living will is more like how much medical intervention do you want on your life? Do you want to keep? Do you want life-saving uh, devices used, whether it's a ventilator or yeah, you know, like my dad said, no, he machine. was like, I don't want any of that. Yeah, and you can be as specific as you want. Like you don't want hydration, you don't want this, or you'll take hydration, but you don't want a ventilator. You know, I think it's important to have that no matter what your age is. You guys should have that. Um, ah. <laughs> I know it sounds, but it's true. You have it to. It is true. Yeah. So uh, when I go on big trips or um, plane rides of more than a couple hours, I do have a couple of things written down that I keep in envelopes, and I usually text at least one person and I'm like, God forbid I die on this plane. Cause you guys, I have a huge phobia of planes. I'm like, really? I have an envelope with your name on it in my apartment. Like go get it. Remind <laughs> me never to fly with you punch. Also. <laughs> yep. And I usually like, depending on who I like at the time or like who I've spent the most amount of time with them, like take this amount of money and put it in your kid's college fund. <laughs> like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> me. I'm like, who's going to inherit my debt? <laughs> Your parents, that's another thing, is your parents oh, no. will. Um, oh, or if you're married, your spouse will. Oh, I mean, it doesn't go away. That shit follows you. Um, so they have books that you can get on Amazon. I have a couple that I give out to patients. I actually, I have one right here. One is called I'm Dead, Now What? And oh, God. <laughs> I know. It's very funny. And there's another one that is like, um, sorry for your loss. It's me. And Aww. it has in there as much or as little as you want to put in, whether it's your bank account, your passwords, whatever. Um, there are places you can do this online and locked files and give someone the password to get into it if they need to. Uh, you know, virtually, there are so many options now that don't even have to do with a pen and paper. You can do this all virtually. Um, and give. And we will we'll add the links to all of these in our bio. 
Yeah. I yeah, always tell episode. like my best friend, I'm like, just don't open my night table. Just burn it. Just don't, there's nothing <laughs> important in there. That's the stuff you need to write down. <laughs> if you find an old journal, burn it. And I, I actually had a, um, a client who was into some really weird things and <laughs> really weird things. And he said, I love um, uh, my spouse very much, but if they ever found my, my journal collection from, you know, when we first got together and I was doing some crazy stuff, it's in a box in storage that I can't even get to because he was very sick. He's like, I'm scared to death that they're going to find it and read it. And da, 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 da. And I said, who else do you trust to go get that? And he said, my little brother. I said, tell your little brother to go get the box and get rid of it. Yeah. Because he just, he's like, he couldn't let go knowing that that was a possibility that he was going to hurt his spouse in some way. And it wasn't important. It wasn't secret secrets. It was just gross stuff, weird stuff. Yeah. And, uh, to him. I get that. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes people are like, you know, just make sure you give, don't open the, don't open the top drawer. (laughs) So if there was, if you find a vibrator that looks like a crystal on my dresser, (laughs) don't touch it. So I don't even want to know about that plan. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll have the link to all of these things on the (laughs) Um. I think if there are three things, I think it's important to have a living will. If you have kids or pets, I think you need to include what you want done with them if you pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people really stress about that stuff, especially children. Um, but sometimes our children, our pets are our children. So you want to make sure that the things you could actually really keep you un- at unrest, whether you're conscious or not. Um, you know, kind of like I talked about that dragon... Um, uh, that bloodstone to give you the courage to just let go of those things. And if you know that they're written down or that your thoughts are known or your wishes are known and will be fulfilled, I think that gives you extra, extra peace, even in the afterlife. If there is an afterlife, you know, it's argumentative depending on what we it's, like. a, it's a different, different podcast. It's, another podcast. it's like a whole series of episodes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but I mean, I think I need to go make a will. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, you do. You so do. Shit. number one resource to making a will, go. Oh. A lawyer. First of all, you've got to know <laughs> it, it varies state to state. Uh, there are some, sometimes there's a, a, a different states. Sometimes all you have to do is sign it. It could be on a napkin. Uh, some people think that's, that's all you need. Sometimes it needs to be notarized and be witnessed by two people. Uh, like New York and New Jersey are super strict. California is super loose. So yeah. depending on where you live, make sure you know what what constitutable will make it stand up in court. Otherwise, all of your stuff's going to go to probate and it could take forever and somebody else. Okay. So that's my question, right? So like my dad gave me his will. He's like, you just got to go sign it. And then I never went. And now I don't live in New York anymore. So what do I do? <laughs> well, where where's your dad? That's more important. He's in New York. He's in New York. Okay. So he lives up in um, New Paltz. Okay. And so did, was it notarized? Uh, he had it notarized, but I was supposed to go sign it and at the lawyer's office. Mm-hmm. And then I never did that. So like, what happens? Like, do I need to, I, might, I guess I just have to like go, fly home and like go sign it there. You don't necessarily have to do that there. You could go to a notary in California and sign it there. It's, I mean, it's really about where he is, not so much where you are. But if you have a notary say that it's He's in, he's in New York. No, but if she needs to sign it. 
she could go to a notary in California and notarize that that's her signature, that she's the one signing it. Oh, well, well, in Colorado. We're in Colorado. We're in Colorado. That's what I meant. Okay. <laughs> it was I just like, what is she talking state. about with California? I, yeah, yeah, I right? actually think maybe I took the will with me. I have to figure it out. I don't know why I'm asking you guys. I'm just talking through it. I'm like, oh, shit. I just realized I never did that. Well, as oh, I feel like you're, what you're experiencing right now, Aloe, is kind of what maybe some of our listeners are going to be going through when they listen to this episode because I'm sure that is not unique to you. No. I mean, I know, like, my mother's already started to tell me some things, and it makes me want to, like, write down some stuff, too. Like, anxiety. But it's also, it's preparation, and you know how much I love to be prepared. I think that this is something that everyone should be prepared for. (laughs) I mean, even if, even like Sydney said, if it's just writing it down on, like, a piece of paper and, um, you know, going from there. Okay, so we said three things. So we got living will, two more things. Off the cuff, what do you think? Well, living will, a regular will, if you have, if you have belongings or, or things that you want to make sure they get into the right hands, that's, that's, is that like number one A and number one B? Is that <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we could make them do things unless you have another two things. Okay. I think you need to reconcile yourself with any unresolved issues and, and, uh, you know, hanging, hanging, uh, strings like no loose strings you know what i mean uh if you especially if you have any unresolved issues with um parents i know all about this like love you don't you don't you don't have to necessarily mend those things but you need to be okay with whatever decision you made but you should if if you are like you know kind of i can't forgive so-and-so learn how to forgive people and move but you on. don't necessarily have to like rekindle anything with them, no. but you can learn to like accept and forgive in your heart so that you have the internal peace. You need to and let adopt. go of any resentment that you're holding. Yeah. You need to let go of that shit. Mm-hmm. And you need to let go of it. And it doesn't mean that person has to know you let go of it or, you know, that's the thing about rituals. And, you know, I think that um, some of us need them even if we don't have a terminal illness or some sort of crazy diagnosis, we need to be able to, I think that's part of why I like uh, crystals so much and meditation. Me too. I think it, it gives us an opportunity to connect with our inner selves and to let go of those things that aren't serving us. And when people are faced with their mortality, they're more likely to take that time to do that. But if you do that in advance, you really are skipping that crazy step of, oh God, I feel like I'm not ready for this. So no matter what happens when you die, you'll be ready for it because you you let go of that shit. And it's almost like it, then you're just you're just ready. You know, it's kind yeah. of like this the sages in India, like they go and sit like when they know that their time is coming to an end, they'll go yeah. sit in a cave in the Himalayan mountains and they just sit there and they just know that like their last breath that they exhale out, that's when they leave. Like they just find this peace that I feel like, you know, if you take these steps and do these things, it's almost like you're preparing yourself for that peace where you're not like, oh my God, what are my kids going to do? Are they going to be able to afford this freaking coffin? Like, and then, then there's also the, the bit of like, like my grandfather, after he passed, like 
you know, he never said anything to his kids. He wasn't like, I want to be buried or I want to be cremated or any of this or that. You know what I mean? So it's like, then they have to make this decision and they're like, okay, well, do we get this coffin? Do we cremate him? Like, what is it that we do? And I think that also causes stress within the family dynamic oh, yeah. during a time where you're supposed to be grieving you're and having, working through it. So much emotional stress and turmoil. The last thing you need is financial stress and turmoil. A lot of a lot of funeral homes, uh, uh, you know, even if, if they're, you're not having a funeral per se or a burial per se, they're handling the body. They're transporting the body, and sometimes and sometimes you don't need them at all for anything, depending on what state you're from. Uh, but uh, if you are, um, you know, dealing with this at all, you can whatever plans you have, whether it's cremation, body transport, you can deal with this years or months in advance, you can pay them. That. And if for some reason they go out of business, they sell that your contract to someone else. I like that. So basically have a will, be prepared. Get, your learn last how piece. to forgive. And number yes. three, make sure you, you um, live the, ad, have an attitude of gratitude. Really adopt that in your everyday life. And I think you need to be grateful for what it is you have and to let the people who you care about and who you appreciate that you love them and appreciate them. Uh, because I, I, again, that's one of the things I run across a lot. I think people, they don't know I love them or they didn't know how much they meant to me. And I don't mean in love, like romantic love. I mean like love, love. Um, and I think yeah. that- Unconditional friendship love. Yeah, like you forget to tell people on a regular basis. I, I'm, I'm one of those weirdos, I hug everyone and I tell everybody I love them. And they sometimes look at me like I'm nuts, but. It, most people don't. I mean, people who are my real friends say I love you back. I mean, they're used to me. Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> but you, um, I think it's really important to let you know, I, I really appreciate you. And I tell my clients that all the time. I really appreciate you. It's an honor. Mm, I and love you that. Know that. I honor how much I appreciate you. I really cherish your, you know, letting me be a part of this. So I think it's important for everyone to let, not just their family, but their friends, the guy at the grocery store, you know, whoever, that you appreciate them. And once you kind of, like I said, forgive, show appreciation, you're prepared, the rest of it is kind of water off a duck's back. It is just, it's the human condition. You don't know when it's coming or how it's coming, but you're prepared. You're ready. It's not, there's nothing to be scared of. I love that. I, I, I know you were joking uh, punch when when Alla was talking about how she wanted Lil Kim and shots of tequila, but what is it you would like at your um at your eleventh hour bedside vigil? <sighs> I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Yeah, think about it. Yeah, I feel like something having to do with music. Definitely drinking. No drugs. There will be no drugs at my funeral. My friends that want to get stony baloney can go stand outside. Um, <laughs> Al was like, that'll be me. <laughs> no, I, I don't it. care. People, people can smoke weed at my funeral. That's fine. Um, I'll be gone, so it won't matter. But um, <laughs> I can't. Lots of drinking, probably dancing, um, probably at night. And... Do you want like I'm a rave? Do you want me to no, get some No, I feel like it's going to be like classy with jazz or something. <laughs> like, yeah, like like jazz, live jazz music or like a recording because like I don't want everybody to spend a no, lot of money because it's I, I Ray. I'll tell you, I don't want to be there. I hope that I die well before you. But are you talking like cocktail party? Like, you know. Yeah, I'm thinking like cigar lounge kind of underground <laughs> jazz. <laughs> like. It. 
fucking classy rap pack style moment like very italian mafia godfather style this is hilarious i'll probably die before you so you just have to make sure you tell someone else probably not girl you (laughs) exercise like three times a day and eat really well so (laughs) statistically Uh, i'm going first i don't know girl i lost a tooth yesterday (laughs) that's true oh god um yeah this was great sid thank you so much yeah i literally you know what i was doing i was texting Alan to be like i think this is our best episode ever i'm like like, i love this episode like who knew talking about death could be so great (laughs) (laughs) you know what it's it's very it's very freeing to be able to talk about it and not be creeped out by it um and i think the more you you talk about it like especially with, with friends like what would you want you know and it, it, it is kind of a fun silly conversation but at the same time you get an idea of what's important to that person and you get to know them on a more intimate level you know it doesn't always have to be super stone cold serious but um you know it certainly uh opens opens certain doors uh yeah, like maybe not an icebreaker question for somebody but maybe like three glasses of wine deep <laughs> everybody's sitting around a table playing cards against humanity but like how do you want to die yeah. kind of question what do you want like what's what do you think you, you yeah look like yeah. you know what's funny is i already knew that she would want little kim and some sort of shots or something at her funeral we've definitely talked about that before <laughs> it's so bad kind of like your <laughs> wedding what you want well it's out there now all of our wishes so any of you bitches try to cross us in the afterlife come at me because we recorded it and now the world knows like everybody right. knows what I want. Don't try to give me something boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want some classy shit. So one last question. Uh-oh. If people are interested <laughs> in learning more from you or getting in touch with you somehow or getting their loved ones in touch with you, what is the best way to contact you, look you up, or find you on the internet to make that happen? Are you um, on the Instagram? Of- you know, give yes. us all the tools. Yes. I have a website. It's www w.sidsinger.com. Uh, it has a lot of information on how to get hold of me and also what it is I do and in much more specific detail. And I'm also on Instagram at professional death doula. I love that. Oh, I didn't even know that. I don't think I follow you. I'm going to look her up yet. right now. Well, now I will. I know her personal one and I was like, that's not it. <laughs> are you, are you professional underscore death underscore yes. doula? Okay. Yes. Eastern. We'll, we'll attach all of this New Jersey. in the episode description for all you listeners out there. Oh, this is good. So, all my friends listening, if you're in New York, Northern New Jersey, yo, hit her up, everyone. Get your Absolutely. get your ducks in a row. Let's get this done. Yeah, <laughs> get your shit together, or like share with your share with your loved ones who like maybe are getting a little bit older or something and maybe haven't thought about it. And it's like, hey, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable if you don't want to talk to me. But like, here's a person that. Um, you know, this is what they do and it's like worth a conversation. Or, you yeah, know, maybe it's know. a way to prompt a conversation with your parents. Like, yeah. hey, mom, hey, dad, like, have you thought about this? Because I don't want to be left with these decisions. So figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Get it together. I mean, For it's sure. really even true. If even if you're just thinking about it or you're curious about certain things, you know, I, I'm always happy to have conversations to, to discuss options and just to give people ideas, whether they're working with me or not, you know, whatever. And I do via, a lot of uh, work via Zoom also. So no matter where you are, you know, you know, hit me up. 
Thank you guys so that. much for taking an interest in such a, um, you know, taboo topic. And uh, I really am happy to um, not only have you talk about it, but to have you be so positive about it. So thank you for that. Thank you. Well, thank you. We've really appreciated having you. You don't have any Oracle or tarot cards, do you? Uh, here? No, I have some in my, uh, in the back of my car, but not here. Okay. Why? All right. Well, cause we do a card <laughs> of the week. So I was going to see if you wanted to do it, but if they're in the car, then we'll, we'll just do ours. Yeah. I want to hear, I want you guys to do yours. You want me to do it? You want to do it while you're on the phone? Do you want yeah. us to have you on the phone while we do it? Yeah. Okay. I'll be quiet. I promise. Oh, no, no you're fine. <laughs> All right. So today we're using the wild unknown. Kim Kranz is the artist and um, author of these cards. And funny story before I even knew Paige, or my punch girl, I um, <laughs> went to Ted's house and I was like, I have the same Oracle card or tarot cards. He's like, those aren't mine. <laughs> <laughs> they were mine. <laughs> they were punches. So we have matching cards and they're beautiful. So I'm going to pull a card. Okay. So next week is Christmas. So this comes out the week of Christmas. So I'm going to ask the universe, what does everybody need for the week of Christmas? What kind of message needs to come through? Well, that's not good. <laughs> I always pull this card. Hopefully it's not for me. It's this is probably the- <laughs> for you. Maybe I should be doing the reading. You've got way too much shit going on. No, this is good. Oh God, this is terrible. Okay. Um, <laughs> Are you sure you don't want me to do it? I'm going to pull another one too. Okay. So eight <laughs> of cups, stagnation, ill health. The eight of cups sends an urgent message to pack your bags and move on. There is no hope of rekindling what's been lost. You must start anew. This card also points to phases of illness and physical stagnation. The message could not be more clear. Nothing good remains for you here. Lift your eyes to the horizon and let your feet lead, lead you forward. But you know what? This could be for everyone you know, just saying, I, I think that that's a great card for the end of the year. This is the second mm-hmm. to last week of the year of 2020. I mean, yeah. I think it is very blatantly um, applicable for most people. Like this year freaking sucked. Let's lift our eyes up, raise our spirits. You know, it's the holiday season. We have Christmas and New Year's. Most of us probably can't be with the loved ones we usually spend time with. So mm-hmm. let's make the best of it and like keep on going forward. I love that. And I think, I think it is for everyone because this year has been freaking stagnant as hell in so many ways. And then I also just pulled the high priestess, which is one of the best That's cards a great you can card. possibly pull. So I'm like going to read a clarification. that for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like, kind of like, Hey, this can't be all that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so, Christmas, honey. So the isn't high priestess. There, isn't there a prophecy about December 21st? There's some um, sort of eclipse, I think. Well, the eclipse just happened eclipse on Monday. Monday. But it is the winter solstice on uh, the, this coming Monday that when this podcast will come out on the 21st. It's also Don Juan's birthday, so wish him ill. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so messed up. I don't even care. I hate him. Okay. Um, <laughs> We're yeah. going to have to cut that. <laughs> Are we? No, I'm leaving it in. That's right. (laughs) So the high priestess, mystery, psychic wisdom. The high priestess sits in stillness. From there, she's able to access realms others pass by without noticing. The vast world of intuition, dreams, and mystery. 
She uses silence and non-action to harness this power. Sometimes this card appears to remind you to listen more closely to the voice within. Other times, it's a sign to look past the obvious, to find what's being kept secret or hidden within a given situation. Acknowledge the shadows, which I think coincides perfectly with the nine of, or the eight of cups because it's, it's truly saying like everyone needs to kind of evaluate what's going on in their lives right now and then make a conscious effort to keep moving forward like the this like sit in stillness and get rid of the anxiety that we've had all year. Ooh, what's she looking at over there? So so maybe you tell us a little about this sit because I don't think I can read it fast yeah, enough I for just, us to report I, on I, it. I follow a group on um on social media that was talking about like people have been feeling really a lot of anxiety right now. Like beyond oh, yes. beyond like at the end of the year, beyond the you know political stuff that's been going on. But just having trouble sleeping and a lot of insomnia and what have you. And then uh, someone said, well, there's this huge, uh, uh, great conjunction happening on the 21st of December. And I was like, the huge what? The what? And I'm not as into astrology as I am into like spirituality of, of crystals and energy and stuff. So I've, I'm not as like stargazery as I wish I was. But um, there is apparently something between Jupiter and Saturn that uh, is the end of a, um, it happens on the winter solstice. And because it's happening on the winter solstice, it gives more energy and more uh, uh, I guess, um, power effect. It's more effective that people are going to feel it more. Uh, and it has something to do with like the constellation and, uh, it's the end of, of what is a really long, like it's been going on for a couple years, a period of 20 years. Like, yeah. It's been going on for a while now. So hopefully like exactly what you said about it, you know, a, 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 a long, uh, awful time is going to be ending and we are going to be transitioning out of that. What if I call Dakota super fast and get her on here and see if she has any two cents about what's about to happen? Um, it's going to be a long episode, but you know, I love a long episode and I think, I think <laughs> this episode is great and our listeners are going to love it. So yeah. See if she can I mean, send just her like that link really quick. Yeah. All right, I'm going to try and call her real quick. All right, you guys. Well, we went ahead and phoned Dakota. So if you are interested in finding out about this grand, or is it grand or great, great conjunction? I think it's grand, grand conjunction. Great yeah, conjunction. Something like that. Well, Dakota will clarify for us. <laughs> um, <laughs> we did phone a friend and we have a little teaser episode to follow this one up if you guys are interested in hearing about that um, and get you kind of prepped for episode five coming at you next week for the end of the year so stick with us and stay tuned it's going to be a good one she talks about the future president the future of the presidency mm -hmm. you heard it here first you heard it here so stay tuned this is Dakota Shickling, you can find her on Instagram at Shickling. Nope, that's not her Instagram. It's um, Shakoda. Shakoda Dickling. <laughs> <laughs> it's she. She switched her first letter and last, or the first letter of her first name and first letter of her last name, and made Shakoda Dickling. I think it's Shakoda underscore Dickling. I'm not sure, but she she follows us on Instagram, so you can find her. I'll attach it in the bio and. Uh, here, here we go. Find out about the Grand Conjunction. Yes. <laughs> we loved having you guys listen with us. Thank you for 
participating, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share, and we will see you next week.